everyone. Welcome to the Untitled Art Podcast, recorded live at the 12th edition of Untitled Art here on Miami Beach. My name is Annie Lyle Slaughter, and I'm part of the team here at Untitled. Um, I'm delighted to introduce the panel titled Flyover Passed Over, discussing artists and art workers who pursue a career in so-called flyover states such as Oklahoma. Uh, Caleb Lindsay is our moderator and organizer of this conversation. He's a multidisciplinary artist and curator based in Tulsa. Uh, he's the founder and director of Queen Rose Art House and a Tulsa Artist Fellow uh, uh, of which this program is supported by. I'm now going to pass the mic over to artist Antonio Andrews, who's opening the conversation with a hip hop rap performance called Every Day. Check, check, check. Uh, uh, uh. Can you turn it up just a little bit for me? Uh, yeah, uh. It's one of my favorite songs I ever wrote, man. Check, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it go like this. Yeah, uh. Yeah, start the spring, I'm just trying to leave for it Started this thing and lost a lot of sleep for it Don't want many things, just a little reassurance That I'm on the right path, I showed endurance My passion all that I mirrored Shorty on my hip like pass interference Six figure artists, both hands got insurance All my G's on they hustle, I pray that y'all hear it You can pray for better days, but you gotta part ways With shit you used to say, with things you used to do Look no further than tone if you ever need proof Look hella love, cause they know what we've been through Rise up like the phoenix l calls europeans we bust hella moves every season i don't need a reason to get this chicken you just gotta listen i already did the work and you still missing it what the fuck uh said he was making cash on his own <laughs> said he was up early making songs <laughs> he was late night with the crew uh pull another high stick and move on uh. just another night that's what we love <laughs> but really it's the only thing we do uh trying to make a million in the rush this tone got too much to lose, uh Still in it, still moving all intentions Still low, buddy, getting it spreading it around Watching HD, lay it down, smoking weed, ride around To that no parking sounds, making cash underground Up early with the moves, late nights in the stoop Missing my girl much, she know what it is Want me to do what I love, and that's called real love Just like Mary J, and that's like every day Spending my time out the way Spending my cash, it's only just more to make Ain't nobody handing me shit I had to take and that's just every day I still up where niggas in the uproar They words I view but I don't know what I'm looking for I don't when I find it So another hand rewind it Light up a J and recline it We on some new shit Shout out to everybody from Tulsa here man Thank y'all for coming through Untitled Thanks for having me man Shout out to Caleb So thank you all for being here. Again, my name is Caleb Lindsay. Um, right now, I want to introduce, we have the panelists introduce themselves. So is there anything else you want to say about yourself, Antonio? Uh, my name is Antonio Andrews. Uh, I'm part of a collective called No Parking Studios, and they all be here. Um, just thanks for having us, man. This was a dream. Last year, we was hoping to do this, this place. So we're doing it today. this today. So you have a mic. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Carolyn Sickles. Uh, I'm the executive and artistic director at Tulsa Artist Fellowship. 
Uh, and I'm going to pass the mic to. Yes. Um, hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Caleb, for having me. This is a really great opportunity. My name is Ashanti Chaplin, and I am a Tulsa Artist Fellow. Um, I'm also a multidisciplinary artist and conceptual artist. Um, yeah, so that's all for right now. Hi, I'm Kate Green. I am Chief Curator and Nancy E. Meinig, Curator of Modern and Contemporary Art at Philbrook Museum in Tulsa. And um, I am so thrilled to be here and thank you for, for convening this group of people, Caleb. It really reflects, I think, you and Tulsa. And thank you for opening with, with that, yeah. Uh, shout out to Tone again, uh, big fan. Um, my name is Trusan Darty, and I am also a multiple disciplinary artist, and I live and work in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, so in 2019, when I first moved to Tulsa to be a fellow in the Tulsa Artist Fellowship, people would always ask me, Caleb, what is in Tulsa? So to the panelists, I ask you, each of you, from your perspective, what is in Tulsa? Uh, to me, in Tulsa, man, it's a lot of artists that's on a DIY. If you don't know what that means, it means do it yourself. Um, it's a lot of us that's making great work. We all work together. We all lend resources to each other. So that makes us grow bigger and faster and move you know, faster. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this show because we all came together shout out to caleb we all put this idea together to keep pushing this you know to the world so that's what you're seeing i'm glad i'm glad uh tone mentioned uh, collaboration was one of the first things i thought about um i mean there is a hard-working community in tulsa it is like a relentless drive um if you're not into that that's okay just don't work in Tulsa. People here uh, in this community show up for each other. How many Tulsans are in this room right now? Yeah, yeah. That, I think that actually might be the whole panel. It's all of us. We should all just talk. <laughs> um, yes. What's in Tulsa? Um, that question means a lot to me in, in many different ways. Um, first of all, my family's in Tulsa. I was born and raised in Tulsa and came back um, through the Tulsa Artist Fellowship. So what I would say is um, there's a lot of resources for artists in Tulsa, and it's a thriving community of artists who are very much DIY, but also have institutions and leaders who are supporting this work that we're trying to do there. So um, there's a lot of history in Tulsa. Um, so I think, you know, to say like what's in Tulsa, it's something that I think people need to come and discover and participate in, so. I think, um, I, I love that you mentioned history because when I think about, I'm fairly new to Tulsa, I've been there a year, came, came for the role. And um, so I think a lot about what's in Tulsa, what draw me, drew me to Tulsa. And in many ways, it's like the people in this room and on this panel honestly, um, and the ecosystem that exists, I think that that each of you kind of spoke to, which means artists and spaces that many of you are involved in and collectives. It also means, um, it also means funding. 
Um, and, and I think that's a huge dimension of what's, why Tulsa feels so rich for many of us is because of the funding and um, that exists. And, um, and I think another huge chunk um, of what makes this ecosystem particularly rich is that complicated history of, um, of, of, you know, a hundred nations and today 40 nations and historically black towns and, um, and Tulsa race massacre. And, and, you know, we could keep naming them, um, um, oil boom. So there's just so much to draw on and resist and, and, um, and retrieve and think about differently, um, moving forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of this community. Yeah, I think Tulsa has a lot of life. I see a lot of passion and ambition. We have amazing institutions, as stated, and I feel like our history is the most iconic snapshot of American history. All the big notes that you should know about American history in your textbook, Tulsa has some of the most, for better or for worse, uh, kind of archetypal, icono iconographic uh, moments. So that's things that I, I'm inspired by, that I draw on in my work, and I see it in, in a lot of our, our works. And then we have, you know, the Tulsa Artist Fellowship has some pretty heavy hitters that they brought to the Tulsa art scene and the way that that informs the public. We have amazing phil philanthropic families that help fund that to make it all possible. So a lot. I feel like there's a lot in Tulsa. Thank you all. And pl please keep in mind, I'm asking these questions because we are recording a podcast that is going to live on after this that other people um, will listen to. So I want to give them as much insight as possible. And so I know most of you here know what's going on in Tulsa, but people who are going to listen to the podcast might not. Okay, so Oklahoma is a majority conservative state. Assuming you're liberal, I'm talking to the panelists, can you tell of any experiences of having conservative pushback is it something you consider doing the work that you do? Uh, this is one of the questions I read that I thought about. And um, honestly, I haven't really felt any conservative pushback. But at the same time, at the same time, I am a black artist in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you just feel that and you feel like that tent type of tension. Um, I will say on the opposite side of that, it inspires my work. It makes me uh, work on this stuff every day. It makes me want to push and like be some, you know, this person in Tulsa that's like uh, an example. So like that's my thing is like uh, it really inspires my work. It really pushes me. I'm always been a person that goes against the grain. So this is like the ultimate go against the grain, you know, so I'm, I'm all for it. It's it is. It's a really complicated question. I, well, I guess I can um, I guess yeah. I can go deeper into it because most artists in the art world are or people that work um, in the art world are liberal, but a lot of institutions are oftentimes conservative. So, uh, so that's so I'm coming from that perspective, like that. Yeah, although we again are liberal people, but I know working with a lot of institutions, it's a lot of things that even with my work that they won't even show in a museum. Look, I've had experiences where sometimes collector, not collectors, but a trustee or a board member will say something about the work. And then I've had in institutions where they turned my work off in an institution. So I'm asking from that perspective. And although I haven't always been public, public about 
that sort of thing, it does happen, like even to me. And so a lot of artists consider me to be successful, but I actually hit pushback um, from institutions sometimes. Um, I'd like to add a little bit to what Tone was saying. I feel like as an artist, I definitely use that tension uh, to build on. But in terms of making work in Oklahoma, I personally haven't gotten very much pushback. But, you know, I think the larger picture of being in a conservative state like Oklahoma, you do um, think about what your content is and who your audience is. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm not necessarily making the work for for an audience that is open to um, the content that I'm creating. Uh, A lot of times I've looked into history, Tulsa's very complicated history, and Oklahoma as a whole. Um, And there's a lot of kind of policy that is trying to stop um, actually educating people on Tulsa's um, complicated history. So I don't feel it personally as a pushback, but I do feel like there are possibly policies that are trying to be in place to, um, to kind of keep people in the dark about it. And as an artist, I like to uncover um, what is hidden, so. Um, I would say, you know, those of us who work in museums or institutions or something that I always think about is what makes sense. And I think every good, you know, every solid museum person does think about what makes sense here. What, what, what should I be doing at Philbrook or can I be doing at Philbrook or what can we be doing with our collection? that makes sense here. You know, what I would collect for Philbrook would not necessarily be the same as what I would collect for the Bass or any other context or what I might do. So um, in terms of exhibitions, et cetera, or programs. Um, So from that perspective, um, certainly the work that we do at Philbrook, which as I think many of you know, is a collecting museum. We've been around for around nearly a hundred years in, in 2016, we, we're fortunate enough to um, deaccession a major work and have a lot of funds for purchasing, and that's a big focus for me. Um, but and and shaping the, all of that is is very much shaped by being in Oklahoma and the realities of being in Oklahoma and what our audiences. Um, you know, we we can only do what we we as museum people. You know, the work that we do in terms of issues is through artists. It's through art. It's through, you know, over the hundred works of art that we collected over the last year, 90% of them were by people of color. Um, and, um, and moving forward, we continue to make those kinds of commitments. So what we can do to resist or to affect is through the work of artists and, um, and those works will be in our collection in perpetuity. So it's, you know, thinking about what we can do and how we can do it in our, in our context. I know being uh, in a conservative state definitely informs the work that I do. Um, And as far as pushback goes, I did a a performance piece this year where I built a 16-foot-tall cross and then uh, said the Lord's Prayer, took an axe and chopped it down. And I had to really think about the potential consequences of doing something like that. because, you know, people have guns in Oklahoma. Like a lot of people have guns for sure. And um, the, the, that conservative political power I have felt through that performance, um, 
I have not had any like threats to my life, but it's something I really did think about. I had to really consider like, is this, I really believe this, but would this get me killed? Would this get me in trouble? That kind of thing. And um, it's been challenging. You know, I understand that many of our institutions uh, have to be careful with dealing with work like that um, because of, of just the, you know, the, the political power the, the church has in Oklahoma. It's extremely powerful. It's the Bible Belt, and that's um, a lot of that voting base that then determines where the public funds go to fund art, you know, our public arts. Uh, if they see stuff like, oh, you're exhibiting a giant cross that's been cut down with an axe, I don't know if I want my tax dollars to support that kind of thing. So th those are things I've, I've experienced. Um, but I think it's important to do that kind of, I feel, um, that's where it needs to happen. Like if I did that in San Francisco, I don't think it would matter. I don't know if it would actually engage the political uh, system. I don't know if it actually, you know, as well as give people who, are, who feel like me about that, in, that whole uh, power to give them to make give them encouragement show them we have free speech here we can do that and so far i've had a lot of really positive reception in fact had some guy who used to be very conservative give me a phone call and say that that piece moved him and helped him uh embrace his gay son and all kinds of stuff so it's like i feel that work is actually doing something in oklahoma i don't know if it was in a big market where we're very international and, and liberal if it would do the same thing I just wanted to maybe quickly add, because I, I don't think it's um, something to look over. I mean, we have a, the Tulsa Artist Fellowship has a tremendous amount of support in empowering artists to make the work that they are driven to make. So we are uh, very humbled by the fact that we, are, we were born out of an, uh, the George Kaiser Family Foundation that didn't take the easy pathway in arts funding. Instead, they looked right at how they directly bring resources into the hands of artists who are leaders in our community and let them transform and shape the city. And it is, I mean, it is a very uh, often um, tense and big question, no answer space, but it's that bold decision that I think shows up in the work that our fellows are doing all the time and as the fellowship itself, how we program. Yeah. And I, and I want to add to the reason why I asked that question is because an artist did visit Tulsa early on when I was there and they was like, well, Caleb, like you're like in the middle of a red state. Like, what are you going to accomplish here? And I'm like, well, I'm from a red state, Florida. So, you know, and I did move to New York for 15 years, but being in New York, I realized a lot of my friends up there have like no idea what some, you know, artists or queer people are facing in places like Oklahoma. Like I've talked to many queer people in Tulsa who say they, they're in Tulsa because they had to get out of their small towns and come to Tulsa for refuge. And so I know Tulsa and OKC are the liberal parts of Oklahoma, but I, again, I want to paint a clear picture to the public of, you know, all the different levels and dimensions that are happening um, in that space. I want to add one more thing, because I think um, thinking about, you know, say the, a podcast audience that might not know Tulsa like we do, um, 
And, and I think one word that I think about a lot, and I was thinking about when you were talking, Trusum, was difference between provocation and, um, and, and um, that is, that is uh, you know, an artwork that exists to provoke um, specifically and, uh, or, um, or a gesture that is, that is intervening into like the long gestures of art history. And so when I'm thinking about decisions for Philbrook, I'm thinking a lot about those, the differences between those two, which is something as an institution is my obligation that you artists don't have to think about. <laughs> Provoke all you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, my next question is, do you see yourself being, in, being Tulsa-based in the near future and is life as a creative sustainable in Tulsa? Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to answer the second part first. For a person like me, art it is sustainable. Um, I'm all the way in Miami doing a panel at, you know, Untitled. So, yes, it is sustainable. Do I see myself being in Tulsa? Um, I'm born and raised from Tulsa, so I'm definitely going to be there. But I think at the point that my team is at with no parking studios, it's it's our time to expand and like move outside of Tulsa to bring that energy back. So that's where I'm at as an artist. Well, for me, um, I would say, I wanna answer the second part first as well. Um, I do believe Tulsa has um, the ability to sustain emerging artists and mid-career artists, um, but it's like in a burgeoning state. Like I feel like there is a lot of ecosystem that still needs to be built out to kind of uh, support all the talent that's coming here and trying to create the work. And I feel like artists like Caleb, who has like a beautiful and amazing space, um, Queen Rose House, I think is a, an, an example of how artists are kind of creating their own institutions. And I feel like that is a very very important thing when you're trying to create a healthy ecosystem that has a balance of like, you know, where the funding's coming from, where the ideas are coming from, where the questions are coming from. I think we're in that space, but I think definitely this ecosystem needs to be built out, but I definitely want to stay and be a part of that. Um, so to your other question, do I see myself in Tulsa? I feel like there's, I'm born and raised in Tulsa, but I lived in New York for 20 years, and because of the Artist Fellowship, I was able to come back with such a resource that really fed my material practice. And I don't think I would have gotten that opportunity at that time anywhere else. So that was quite sustaining and very much um, affected how I would be able to kind of move in different spaces of like a maker. So yes, I think, I think it's sustainable for sure. I'm curious what y'all think. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, and I know this. I know that's a weird question to ask um, a curator and a director. <laughs> of, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but it, oh, but it was mainly for, yeah for the artists. Um, well, then, um, could you repeat the the two questions again? I just want to make sure I answer them um, in a direct way. Do you see yourself being in Tulsa in the near future, like a Tulsa-based yeah. artist? And is life as a creative sustainable? Uh, I, the answer is yes to both. Um, I think one of the things that was touched on uh, when you mentioned the Queen Rose Art House as an institution, um, I can own a house. I own a home. Um, they're not that expensive in Tulsa. 
and I can use that space to be an institution. So I host at my art house, uh, the parlor is what it's called, and we host salons there. I've had artists put work on the walls that we've sold, right? And that's important to me that we as artists make money selling our work. Um, and I, doing that in Tulsa, I think there's a lot of people that are hungry for that. You know, we, we don't have, they're not being bombarded by dozens and dozens of well-established institutions sending them emails all the time. So when they get an opportunity to participate, uh, I find that people show up. Uh, last weekend, I hosted a performance art piece that I self-funded, right? I can afford to do that. I have friends here that helped me put it on and we sold tickets to pay for all the costs to do it and people just showed up and paid money. So I, I didn't have to wait for a grant. I didn't have to you know, be anointed by the powers that be. I think that's one of the things as an artist, if you have the vision and you can communicate that to the people that are looking for it, all you have to do is do it. And I've found that our local community that aren't necessarily art workers or artists or even involved are curious to see stuff like that. And they show up and will literally fund that directly. I've had a tremendous amount of support from just people showing up. Um, so I think that's, and then of course we have incredible institutions that are dedicated to making the other side of that feasible. So I find it to be a place where I, I think that if I can make it work in Tulsa, then I feel like, okay, I could probably make this work um, in a place where there's a much larger market where people are looking for that and have income and you know prepare to support artists in that way. So I think it's very sustainable. And I also think that we need that in Tulsa. I think that for many people in Oklahoma, uh, especially people on the more rural side, we don't have a lot of arts education uh, and access to that, to, to gain just an awareness. Um, so I think that it's important for us as artists to provide that. But yes, I think it's sustainable. I plan to stay. And so that, that goes into my next two-part question, <laughs> which, is, which is a little longer um, than the previous one. Okay, so should the international, national, and regional art communities engage with Tulsa? Even if they don't pick up and move there, is it a place worth visiting, gathering, and communi communing in? And what institutions, museums, art galleries you recommend them visit? as well as artist studios, public art. I, I know it's a long question, but so who wants to go first? And I'll reiterate anywhere <laughs> you want me to. <laughs> Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I'm should, very should the international, national, uh, yes. regional art communities engage with Tulsa? Yes. Even if they don't pick up and move there, is it a place worth visiting, gathering, and communing in? Yes. What institutions, museums, art galleries you recommend they visit, as well as artist studios, public art, and so on? So K Queen Rose Art House, number one. That's Caleb's. I think that really, though, it, it really is. I think it's like the place where this moment in time for Tulsa, I think there's really, really important, like historic work happening that I really do believe that in 50 years, people will be talking about what happened. That's how Tone and I and... A lot of other artists gathered there, met Caleb, who's given us access to this stage. And I think that's a really interesting uh, dynamic and uh, exchange that's happening. And there's uh, Skip Hills. I'm a big fan of him. He works in Tulsa at Wampa. And I believe that um, uh, another artist, just I'm blanking at his name, another really profound black artist um, just had a space there. So Wampa has some really cool places there. Um, Rebecca, Alex Taman, uh, they, they work there and, and Rebecca has uh, a creative house which has an exchange with 
um, uh, residency in LA that she just put together. Uh, we have, of course, Philbrook. We have TAF, of course, these incredible institutions that have um, legacies to, to experience, uh, amazing artists from all over the world working there, engaging. So all of those institutions. And then we have a ton of people like me that are just DIY, getting, you know, bootstrapping it um, all over the place. We have just a huge, rich legacy in history. So those are, those are my, top, my top list, I would say. That's a pretty good list. Um, I think that, you know, kind of piggybacking on, on what Trusum said and, and then also the last question of what makes Tulsa so special is this ecosystem. And also, I think one thing that we haven't said, which is particular about Tulsa's creative scene, is it's very interdisciplinary beyond even just the arts in particular, I think because of some of the funding um, interests. Um, and, um, and that has yielded a very particular, a particular kind of matrix of the ecosystem, which is interesting, you know, events that have food and, and art and music and, um, and, and also, um, availability of funds to just try things and see what happens, which is also not necessarily usual for a town of our size. Um, and I think that having been in different arts communities, um, one thing that I find in Tulsa, and you named so many of them, and Caleb, you're so key to that with Queen Rose Art, but there's Positive Space and there's, you know, Black Moon Clock. There's so many artists-run initiatives. And one thing that I have found in, in cities that are really working and exciting creatively is artists-run spaces, places for the arts community to gather and that feel like theirs. A museum can't do that. Philbrook can't be that. Um, you know, we have this legacy that Trusum um, mentioned. We have this, we have this obligation um, for, you know, in, to be there in perpetuity. That's a very different mandate and a very different kind of space that we can create. And those kinds of spaces that you all are creating and you all are creating, um, really allow for us, everyone, to kind of come together and ex not only have opportunities for showing and funding and those kinds of things, but also just talking. Um, and I have found that to be really key for a, a, a really rich creative community. And I find that in Tulsa. And also that there are things beyond the arts, like the gathering place and other things to take advantage of that also kind of, um, you know, create opportunities for exchange and for exchange between different sorts of people. And I think that is very key. And I hope that we in Tulsa can continue to create those kinds of opportunities. Amazing. Well, I think for me, um, I definitely think there should be an exchange on an international and regional level. I feel like Tulsa is um, positioned in the middle of the country, which most people would um, find that, you know, off-putting because everybody wants to be on a coast. But I feel like being in the middle is such a perfect position to be cross-cultural. Like, there's so much that can happen by you know going to the middle of the country and seeing what those conversations are. I think the cultural exchange is very, very rich. Um, and I think that's how you move conversations forward. So I definitely think it's a place um, where people should come and collaborate and join in on the conversations that we're having on a regional or like local level, but also to invite people from Tulsa to um, you know give their perspective on what's going on as well. Um, in terms of institutions, I, of course, being a Tulsa Artist Fellow, I think 
um, one should definitely like do studio visits with the artists in that um, that program because there that is a very cross cultural group of artists. Um, there's artists coming from all over. Like Caleb came from New York, um, but it's also a place that supports the um, people who are from Tulsa and like local artists or Oklahoma artists. So um, I think that's a very good place to start if you want to just definitely get into the studios of artists and see what they're working on. Um, we have a first Fridays where the studios are open to the public and a lot of like connections and conversations are held that way. So I would definitely do a first Fridays if you were to come to Tulsa. And of course, like visit Phil Brook. Um, and really Wampa is a really great space as well um, where you can see what a lot of these different kind of DIY um, communities are doing. But I think it's just very, you know, fresh. Some of the perspectives that are like being pushed forward in Tulsa. So yeah, I think it's worth, I think it's worth a conversation with the world. <laughs> yeah. One thing I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad Kate mentioned the parks because I feel like there's a lot being, a care being put into park space and it's like very open right now. Like there's so much room for artists to continue growing and spaces to engage with and intervene in. And I think the why Tulsa, it like goes so outside of the arts. I'm like thinking about like Still She Rises and I'm thinking, well, you know, poetic justice, you know, that's sitting in a very like, I mean, there's Tulsa's like on the edge and forefront of everything that is um, being uh, pushed against. Like you can come to Tulsa and the conversations that feel so I think assumptive in a lot of communities, you can have them for yourself in like your day-to-day -day life. Like you're a neighbor and you're a community member and you're a leader and you have agency in Tulsa and it's not being done to you. It's something that you can actively participate in. And it's something that certainly drew me in and has sustained me in my Tulsa and my future in the city and wanting to have a, I, I, I've started a family in the city and I'm, thinking about ways that my art practice can contribute in addition to my arts worker practice. I think it's, um, there's a lot, there's a lot that people can, can do for themselves, but I think what you're doing for yourself, I think it's always rooted in what you're doing for the person next to you and the person next to them. So it's, it's been a, I don't know, it's been the pulse for me. Um, I think definitely think the international market should come to Tulsa. And the main reason is because like, um, like I said, being a person like me, I'm always been a person that goes against the grain. So I've always been the early adopter of like what's cool and what's not cool. You know, so if you come to Tulsa, you will definitely find out what's cool before it becomes cool. So that's if you're one of them people, you definitely should tap in and do that. Um, Back to like the what institutions should you visit? It's definitely Phil Brook and Taff. Uh, Taff First Friday is like if you want to get down through there and see like what's really going on. But the best part about Tulsa is like all of these artist spaces that we create. Um, I think about somebody like Cult Love Sounds. Um, they're like a sound design kind of team. And they do stuff at their crib, just like Truce and just like, you know, and all we do is <laughs> he's wearing, yeah, you see, and this is cult love sounds close. I didn't even realize that, but that's what I mean. It's people that's doing stuff at their house that you could just come over, get you. 
Oh, he's wearing Okolo's these jeans with Whittier. What is all this? Whitney? Yeah, Whitney Houston all on them. And these are designed. Who was these designed by? Um, Natty, Natty Watson um, from Sound of Coat. Um, and I'm doing a performance in a few. So I had him design me some pants to um, go with the line in the performance. So shout out to Cult Love, man. So that's what I mean. It's a lot of groups that just doing stuff just because they want to do it, period. And it's not, they're not waiting on nobody to do it. You know, they're just doing it. So that's the best part. So you should definitely check that out. Um, can so, I can I give a shout out to, um, I don't know them personally, but I really admire the work that they do. Um, anybody? A Slut Magazine. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's such a real good cross-section of like the creatives and the artists that are in Tulsa. Um, I remember before I came to Tulsa, um, I was like checking out Instagram and seeing like what was going on. I was like, where do I land? Where do I go? And I remember coming across a slut magazine, which is Tulsa spelled backwards. And that was a joke that me and my friends used to say a lot. And so I was just like, oh, what is this about? And I think it's just a really good um, resource to see what young people, what creative people are doing in Tulsa and it's just done so well. So I just wanted to shout them out. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. So, um, we're going to wrap up. Um, I'm going to do a performance and then we'll take questions if you all have burning questions. Okay. But I want to ask each panelist, um, what's next for you? What's next? Uh, no parking, man. We are uh, working on a lot of stuff. So um, hopefully we're working on our this trip we want to do, this Japan situation. Uh, we're, we're putting together like a no parking research Japan trip. So that's one of the main things. Um, I'm also working on a project about Route 66. I got a grant to do these five pieces that are spanned across Route 66 from Santa Monica to Chicago. So that's the main thing I'm working on this coming year is the Route 66. And um, I, the centennial of that is 2026. So I feel like these next couple years, I'm going to be really working on that, you know, pushing that project. So that's the main thing for me. You know, it, it's near impossible to say what's next for me and not say what's happening at Tulsa Artist Fellowship, because that is usually what's next for me. Uh, and, I, and I take it on and all the love. Uh, so we're we're at like an interesting place in our life cycle. We started our first awardee cohort was in 2016. Um, and in the start of 2024, we will have um, a new cohort of fellows coming in for three year projects. We're really like maturing in the shape of the fellowship. Everybody's going to have a project they're focusing on. And we're very excited. The next application is going to open on January 18th. Save the date. And um, I guess I'd be amiss to not say I just I'm starting these kind of house projects. Like, I mean, again, you can't talk about Tulsa without start talking about what how people are opening their homes. And it's like a practice that exists like so far beyond Tulsa. I'm glad you mentioned Japan. A big part of Japanese culture are house concerts uh, in Iceland, Reykjavik. That's what they do all winter. And I love that we can be a place where people like, it shows how brave and open people are that they let you in their home. That is like 
I feel like that has been, um, for me, so compelling of place and has really ignited something in me. So, yeah, um, for me, um, I'm just coming off of a, a year long project uh, where I collected clay from Oklahoma's historically black towns. Uh, and that was a part of a multimedia performance. Um, so for me, I think I'm just going to dig deeper into Oklahoma's history and Tulsa's as well. Um, there's such a well of culture and stories that need to be told that are not told. Um, so I'm working on two long form performances over the next year that I hope to present um, in 2026. So yeah, that's for me. At Philbrook, we are, um, I mentioned, you know, 90% of our acquisitions over the last year have been by um, people, by, by black women or, or male artists or non-gender um, identifying. And we're continuing to think about that and moving towards um, thinking about Tulsa's um, dimensions more widely and focusing on Latinx artists. So that in terms of acquisitions, there's a lot of focus, a lot of my focus is on that. Um, meanwhile, continuing to think about um, balancing local and national and international. Um, I'm super excited about a show that I'm doing this spring with Timo Fowler, who some of you may know is from Tulsa. He lives currently in LA and um, works with Natty, who designed your pants. Um, and, um, and, and then this spring we're opening a major show of, um, the work of Celia Avrez Munoz, who is 80 some years old, Latinx giant. And, um, and I'm really excited to introduce her work to Tulsa. Uh, Carolyn, I love that you mentioned houses. Uh, um, the parlor is the name of my house and uh, there's a, it, I think the reason why I trust people to come into my home that I don't know, in the beginning it was invite only, and then I did applications and people would apply and I'd review them and then let them in. At one point I'm like, it's Tulsa. Like people in Tulsa are super friendly. Um, you're not going to like, I don't know, they're just like a different breed of human being that's just way more supportive and honest. And, uh, and there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the homes. So yeah, the parlor is something I've been running and I'm right, right now working on formalizing that even more. I've been touring some spaces, uh, different houses that are larger that have uh, performance space and gallery space and working with some other entrepreneurs to make that happen. Nothing's final yet, but that's something I'm working on next year. Um, I'm curating a show called Myths and Legends with uh, an OG Tulsa artist and curator, Steve Liggett at Liggett Studios. Um, that's really exciting working with uh, a lot of the Tulsa community to try to make that happen. And uh, in a few hours, I will be performing at the performance space with my lovely wife, Zia, who's wearing the... Uh, so everybody come check that out. That's at three o'clock. And uh, there's lots of other plans we have. I'm definitely... There's more performance art that I'm doing where I'm just gonna pick a budget, figure out how many tickets I have to sell to make that money back and do it. So there's gonna be a lot of that coming up next year as well. So excited. Yeah, I want to I want to plug one more thing. Uh, we have a project coming up in fall of 2024. Uh, one of the fellowship team members, Cheyenne Smith, also is starting this mobile observatory uh, practice where she's going to be going out and um, teaching Tulsa about uh, space and the stars. And she started this through programming. 
So we're going to have a dark skies exhibition in partnership with Cheyenne and Space for Us. And Tyler Thrasher is going to be part of it and a bunch of other incredible um, people working in Tulsa and working nationally um, in kind of dark sky preservation. And um, uh, we're just excited to paint all the walls in our space black. And uh, but it's going to be tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. And as for me, I'm going to be developing the Queen Rose Art House more um, as an art space to host out-of-town artists and for local and regional artists to have a space to showcase um, either artwork or performances. I'm working on a solo exhibition with David Castillo, and then I'm doing a collaborative project with James Franco that we're going to present in Athens, Greece in January 2025. And so I'm in the process, we're in the process of recording an album and some short films and that sort of thing. And also, this performance <laughs> is next. So, uh, not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Equality. What is all this talk about equality? What if we were all the same race, the same gender, the same culture, the same class? The same paycheck, the same shit. Oh, the bullshit. You better than me, I'm better than you. I don't give a shit, I still want my money. Where is my fucking money? This earth belongs to me, just like it belongs to you. You wanna take all my resources, why do you need to control all the resources? Yes, I can get up here and talk about love. I can lean into joy. I can dwell in peace. Oh, that's right. You're trying to take my peace. My piece of the pie. My penthouse in the sky. No matter how hard I try. I'm expected to live a lie. Equality. What is all this talk about equality? We are the same race, the human race. Who educated you about gender? Do you really understand gender? Culture. No, we are not the same culture. But can you please respect my culture? We are not the same class. And yes, I will not kiss your ass. We are not the same paycheck. How else do you keep a person in check? It's clear we are dealing with different shit. And yet, it's all bullshit. stuck in my feelings from so long ago I have no place to go like a Whitney Houston song for show can't run for myself 
I tried, I know I lied No place for me to hide I cry, I sigh, get high about my mommy, thinking about my daddy, thinking about the love I lost, thinking about everything it cost. I sit here with a heartache, triggered by memories of yesterday. I'm searching for tomorrow. Maybe my friend has some love I could borrow. A happy heart still eludes me, a sappy song to soothe me. I guess I'll go back to my dreams, the one place I can beam. I'll try to keep on shining, every day keep on rising. It's all about timing, I guess I'll stop my whining. Thank you. So, do we have any burning questions from the audience? Hi. Um, so, I, I'm an artist from Oklahoma, and I have often found that what I think is really special about Tulsa is that we have a small community of artists that are very welcoming and create a space that's safe for other artists to come into and that making art in Tulsa is really important because it's sort of the front line of, you know, it's not the coast. You don't see art all the time. So like our community is a very special place that people who come from more rural parts of the state or the region can come to as a sort of safe haven. And I was curious if any of you had any experiences with one of those sort of um, like uh, first initial experiences for like young artists who are going, oh, this is a community that I didn't know existed that I can now fit into. Um. Um, I, I do. Uh, that's how I'm a part of a collective called No Parking Studios. Um, we all basically from North Tulsa, born, grew and raised. And like the reason why we even a collective, because we didn't realize that it was other people doing what we do. So that's why, like, we all gravitated to each other. And I always say that, like, I didn't know them growing up. I didn't find you know god brought them to me and god like we met each other through organic uh situation so that's the thing like that's i don't know I, it's higher than me is how i feel so yeah for sure yeah i experienced that with a, i mentioned earlier uh this gentleman found me on facebook and told me that the cross piece i did where i cut this cross down while reciting the lord's prayer um, it's like a long, well, not that long, but it was a very intense performance. Um, he called me and I, I hear this, you know, Southern Oklahoma style accent from a guy who sounded way too old to be like paying attention to what I'm doing. And he told me that it was this really impactful thing. He later came to my salon, got up to like meet everybody and kind of like confessed his sins in a way. I don't know about like his, his, his bigotry and his, um, intolerance that he had, just by being kind of way in that culture. Um, 
but through the art community, he said, through the art community uh, and becoming an artist, his doctor, he had a heart attack, doctor said, do something that's not stressful. He started painting, found the Tulsa art community, and through that found the, the culture and the community and the, the political ideas and the space of acceptance and on, on all that. And it totally transformed his life. And so this man, you know, older gentleman in gray hair standing up with a thick Southern accent, weeping in front of a bunch of people in my living room. And it's like, okay, that's, that's why we, that's why I want to do this stuff. You know, it's not just, uh, anyway. So yeah, I think I, I saw that, but a guy who wasn't 16 or, or whatever he was, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's, it trend, it was trend, exciting, amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually don't know. I, I think I missed part of your question because I'm coming out of a performance. So like, <laughs> um, so I was just saying, I feel like working in Tulsa is a place where you're on the front lines, where there's a lot of people who aren't familiar with the art community, and we really have an opportunity to interact with a, a, a lot of people who aren't used to it and realize that there is a place for them that they didn't know existed before. And if you had any personal experience with someone who was exposed to art that hadn't been before and it changed them. I don't know if that happens in Tulsa, but... Would you tell us your story really quick? I mean, it's... Sure. So, hi, everyone. My name is Claudia Matos. I'm the Associate Curator of New Media at The Bass, uh, recently hired. And prior to that, I was director of David Castillo, the gallery that represents Caleb Lindsay. And I've been following Caleb Lindsay's career for many, many, many years. Um, YouTube uh, came out when I was a junior in high school, and I was really, like, obsessed with the website and... Um, but what's so interesting about it at the time is that artists were uploading their work there and there were artists like Ryan Tricartan and Caleb Lindsay, whose works I first encountered um, in this context. And, you know, as a kid, didn't really know much about, you know, video, <laughs> new media, anything like that. And that was really the experience, you know, later on in college, learning that, you know, these wonderful videos I saw were by artists, right? that I then began to really explore um, new media and video and time-based work, and that's what I do now. So I think that there's this very transformative um, aspect to work like what Caleb does and, and encountering work in, in unexpected places, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, and so the thing about Tulsa is that a lot of people were not exposed to those videos, but like it's a lot of DIY. My work was DIY. And so I think that's why it's resonating with the artists in Tulsa, because even like with Natty and them, like they're all in the same age group, but it's like they're, they're, people are really into discovering these videos and I'm able to, able to collaborate um, with all these artists in their 20s and 30s. I'm like actual 46, so I've been doing this what feels like forever, but in Tulsa I got exposed to a younger artist, but I think they were already into the arts. I don't think I personally like made them become artists, but I did connect with a lot of younger artists that are not in my generation. I want to just add to that, um, is, is the generosity of Tolson's as artists, as people, but also as artists. And I think of no better example than you, Caleb, and that we are here because of you convening all of us and thinking about different voices you wanted to be reflecting on this question and who they, you know, the, the kinds of various 
things that they might represent or share um, and thinking about age, you as, um, you know, thinking about, um, you know, being generous with, with younger artists. And, um, and I think that generosity is also thinking about what makes Tulsa special and Tulsa's creative community is that, you know, it is, it is very generous and it is, um, allows for many voices, all of us. And also there are, um, people feel emboldened and, um, supported in, um, in, like I love, I, I, when I describe you, Caleb, I say like you are, you both like provide platform and also take on platform, like make space for yourself and others. And I think that, um, is a Tulsa thing, but it's also a Caleb thing. And I'm really grateful for you. Okay. Anybody else? We have five minutes before. Okay. All right. So as a 20 something artist in Tulsa, um, you guys, are a pretty good representation of what I see as a thriving artist in Tulsa. Uh, and I've noticed this huge gap between a starving artist there and a thriving artist there. And so what are some tips that y'all have to help us like induce more economic revenue for our middle-class artists? My, I mean, I would say don't identify as a thriving artist. Like, even though I've had, like, struggles up and downs, but I refuse to identify and take on that thing as a thriving artist. And when I don't do that, then I'm able to make certain leaps forward and find ways to support myself. But also, I, had, I also learned I had to diversify. So I don't do one thing. Like, I am a video and performance artist in terms of the art world, but I also teach, you know, I also go do live performances. Yeah. And so I do like a lot of different things and I apply for fellowships and grants and, and I'm just willing to go out and sort of gravitate towards those people that are like interested in me. So my thing would be to diversify and don't have everything come from one source. I'm going to say something quick. It just takes time. Um, I started doing being an artist simply just because I wanted to, just to try something new. Um, shout out to Chris. He knows when I started. We was down at the Pony just sketching, doing stuff. And now look what I'm, we at. We had Untitled. So that's it just takes time. Just got to do it every single day. So that's the thing. I'm in agreement with uh, Caleb about diversifying. Um, I'm not only an artist. I'm also an educator and a curator. Um, a lot of artists do support themselves through education. Um, and I feel like being an educator really feeds my material practice. Whereas before, I didn't really see that connection. Um, I was like, well, I guess I'll go and teach. But I had no idea how much teaching would um, change my process as an artist and how much it would feed it. So I definitely would say um, looking to be an art educator, like, it's something that's really rewarding and very fulfilling. So that's one way. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to feel like a thriving artist. I think I have, I think there's a handful of people in Tulsa that know me because I try to meet people and I'm a very outgoing extroverted person. Um, but most of the income I live on is generated by my wife. Um, so she literally supports us. Uh, I had a pretty good job in the tech industry before I went full-time art. And uh, that, I was able to buy a house. So my, my expenses are much lower than many people my age, probably, or artists. But um, 
a majority of the work that I make is at a loss. So even uh, whether it's the performance piece that I did with the cross, I just scraped up some money together and worked with friends and family to put it together and put it on. I, I didn't make a dime off of that. Um, and that's the story with a lot of my work. But I'm hoping that, you know, I, I believe in the process. I think that that will change. I do have people that come to my salons and they buy prints and they support in whatever way they can. I sold out a performance art piece in Tulsa where it was just performance art. There wasn't anything else. We sold tickets and people, we sold, we packed the place out. So that was exciting. So I'm hoping to continue that to, to earn more revenue, but it's, it's absolutely not enough for me to, you know, uh, pay my mortgage exclusively off of it. So. I mean, I would, I would just, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, I would also say, look for artists that are doing things that you're striving for and get real close to them. And I think, you know, not every artist is making space for that. So just know that you might really want to be in that space and someone might turn you down and that's okay. There's going to be another artist around the corner who probably will want to share what they're working on. But there's like such a great skill exchange within like studio practice. Like think about the things that you can bring an artist who might be at a deficit or learning something because people are, no matter how accomplished you are, there's so many gaps and holes and what you can actualize on your own. So I, I just say like, fine and show up to as much things as you can. Like listen to people, go to things that make you uncomfortable, like, like really soak in as much as possible. Cause I think when you start to curate out what is going to work for you, you end up probably missing some opportunities across the, across the way. So I was just going to quickly say, like to your point, networking is really important. But I also, as a young artist, got a lot of my, my start and my know-how and my entrepreneurial spirit from working for artists as a studio manager or a studio assistant. I feel like that's a really good way to like figure out what works for you and how to build from there. So that's it. Thank you. So thank you all for being here. That's our time. And please... Check out Rest of Untitled and check out True Sons and his wife's performance at 3 o'clock.